Do you think your dog might benefit from a little extra fitness? Maybe you want to tighten those left turns in agility or tighten their box turn in flyball. Or maybe they're just a bit clumsy and you need a little more body awareness. Welcome to the Canine Fitness Fanatics podcast with your host, Hannah Johnson. Join us as we talk dog fitness and other areas of canine health too. Our mission is to help condition dogs to reduce the risk of injury and increase longevity, whether that's in sporting dogs, working dogs or pet dogs. All dogs can benefit from a little extra fitness. Hey fitness fanatics, today I want to have a quick chat with you all about fitness equipment, specifically looking at stable versus unstable equipment. Now I know there is some information around that balance equipment is not good for use in canine conditioning. However, I believe that this is partially due to a misunderstanding of the correct and safe use of the equipment. There are a number of other reasons, so let's take a look at the difference between the two groups of equipment. Performing exercises on stable surfaces with your dog will activate those large muscle groups, such as the lateral and caudal groups of the shoulder, the dorsal group of the hip, which is also called the gluteal. Uh, the caudal group of the hips is also called the hamstring. So, etc., etc. There are more other large muscle groups. Now, these large muscle groups, along with the rest, are responsible for those powerful actions and movement. Performing those exercises on stable equipment will activate those muscle groups. Whereas working on unstable equipment mostly focuses on their stabiliser muscles and works on the dog's balance. The balance equipment is also more effective at challenging their proprioception, which is that body awareness, both subconscious and conscious, as well as being more effective at challenging that neuromuscular activity. But the dog will not be increasing the power in those large muscle groups when working on that unstable equipment as effectively. So it's specifically power that we're looking at here. That power can be taken away or should I say be less effective when working on balance equipment. So this is why working on that stable equipment is really, really important for that power. And then that unstable equipment is really important for those stabiliser muscles and for their balance as well. This is why choosing the correct equipment for exercises is so important, depending on what you're trying to achieve. It's important that we strengthen all of these areas of our dog. Many of our clients that work with us will know that we don't immediately start work with balance equipment in any exercises, regardless of what they're doing. Our methods teach dogs to perform any exercise on stable equipment first before moving on to balance equipment. Why is that? Well, because we see much more effective results and dogs that learn exercises more effectively on the ground first. So it's much easier to actually correct their form and build that understanding of positions without balance equipment first then when they have an understanding of these exercises, we'll look at introducing balance equipment where we feel appropriate for that dog. This is why if people ask us, if you could just choose one piece of equipment, what would it be? We always say a solid platform, preferably one that you can raise the height of and put on an incline or decline. This is why we love the Kato plank and climb as much as we do. You can order these directly from us but we also really love the platforms from Sarah's Dog Training Creations. 
who you can find on Instagram, and I'll add a link in the description to her Instagram page. They make awesome custom-sized platforms, and their three-in-one multi-trainers are great for raising height and changing the angle of the surface as well. Now, I would guess, you will have to check with her, but I would guess that Sarah could make these in custom sizes for you too, as all of these, all of her products are handmade. I should add here that I haven't actually been paid to say any of that. Um, it is literally just purely on recommendation of using their equipment. We don't sell them or anything like that either. Just genuinely, it's a really, really great product. Unstable equipment is still very important if you want a well-rounded dog. So don't feel like it means that there is no place for it. We still need to make sure we're working those stabilizer muscles effectively. Now, this is where that understanding of knowing what each piece of equipment actually works is really important. My favorite pieces of balance kit are the paw discs from Flexiness, both the standard size and the toy paw disc as well, and the balance disc and fit bone from Fit Paws. I love all of the different pieces of balance kit, but these are the ones that I tend to find I gravitate towards quite frequently. But obviously it does depend on the level that the dog is at um, with each exercise, their general fitness level, their sporting activity, fitness level, etc. All of this comes into play when choosing pieces of equipment that are suitable. Now, when dogs reach a certain point in their plans, I'll introduce sessions where some are performed purely on solid equipment and then some are on balance equipment to make sure we are creating a well-rounded plan for a nicely balanced dog. But then they'll also have some sessions which include both. So somewhere they're on stable equipment and then somewhere we're looking more at balance equipment within a session as well. Another benefit of the balance equipment is that I do find it helps increase confidence levels more so than stable equipment does. This is purely through experience in the dogs that I've worked with. Now, conditioning work in general can increase a dog's confidence, but when they get to the point of using balance equipment, I always find that their confidence gets another really big boost. Exercises like obstacle courses are really great at building a dog's confidence. Now, I know we've already spoken about this in our other podcasts a little bit as well, um, but I do think it's important to always mention this. Now, another reason that sometimes um, balance equipment might have a bad name is because previously in the past, people have been using equipment that's designed for humans, which actually it's not necessarily suitable for dogs. Human equipment is normally made with a thinner material than that of the dog-specific equipment. So this is why it is normally a little bit more costly because people will say to me, well, can't I just go and buy the human equivalent because it's cheaper? Um, and my answer to that is always no, because it's not as safe. Um, the material is not thick enough and all of the flexiness and the fit pause equipment is burst resistant. So that's why it's really important that we're using equipment that is specific for dogs designed specifically for them and why is that well if a piece of equipment just imagine for a second that your dog's working on a piece of equipment and that equipment bursts can you imagine the effect that that's going to have on the dog unless you've got a super super confident dog who hasn't got a care in the world the likelihood is that it's going to really knock their confidence and i know some dogs that this has happened to but they've actually got on that piece of equipment, it has burst underfoot, and then they have been terrified to actually get back on equipment again. 
So not only does it have that behavioural effect, but also when it bursts, obviously there are potential physical implications on the dog. So they could actually have an injury because the equipment burst. So then suddenly you've got an injury to have to recover from and potentially you've potentially got an injury to have to recover from and behavioral as well so actually getting them confident and not frightened of equipment again because I have met dogs that have been really frightened of equipment and it takes an awful lot to actually get them back on it and it doesn't necessarily even just knock their confidence on equipment it depends on how much your dog generalizes um but it can knock their confidence on multiple other things as well not just fitness equipment so really do please take this into account um if you've got human equipment just use it for yourself don't use it for your dog providing of course that it's safe for you to use um but definitely don't be using that for your dog i would be looking at getting dog specific equipment as for the solid platforms though this is where you could potentially think about using a an alternative um so for example something that i did for a while was i got uh, a human aerobic step now they are they're not completely non-slip on the top all of these um for your dog you may have to add something on top to make them non-slip for example i put my um sensi mats and my sensi targets on top of my aerobic step to make sure that it's non-slip but that can be an alternative until you can get something more suitable so I'm not completely against using alternatives. It's about making sure that whatever alternative that you're using is safe and suitable for your dog. Now, when I'm saying about it being suitable for your dog, obviously, if you've got a really small dog, then those aerobic steps, actually, they're probably not going to be great for your small dogs because they're going to be too high. So they might potentially be OK for them to stand all four feet on, but again, that depends on the height of the step versus the height of your dog. However, when it comes to some paws on and some paws off, it's probably not going to be suitable. So ideally, when a dog's starting out and I'm looking for a first time platform, I look for a platform that is around the height of the dog's carpus. Now, ideally, I'd like to have different heights for different exercises, but when you're working from home, that is absolutely not practical and we understand that. So you want a height or a piece of equipment that can be used at a suitable height for most exercises with your dog. And that's why I go for the carpus because you can usually use that quite nicely for a lot of different exercises, particularly at the beginning stages. Um, and then maybe later on, you could think about looking for something that's a little bit higher. Um, or if you've purchased a platform that has a couple of different heights that you can play with, then that's perfect to be able to progress them on. But yes, coming back to the point, balance equipment is definitely not something I would be looking at substituting. I would be looking at dog specific equipment for sure when you're working with balance equipment. I'm really hoping that you found today's podcast helpful um, and it gives you a bit of a clearer kind of definition between where we use balance equipment and where we use stable and solid surfaces. As always, if you've got any questions, you can drop me a message on Instagram or on Facebook. You can send me an email. I'll put the links for all of those in the description below. And also, if you've got a topic that you would like us to talk about on a podcast, then please, please do let me know again via those methods of communication. Thank you so much to you all for listening, and I hope to speak with you again soon.
I want to say a massive thank you to all our wonderful audience for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Canine Fitness Fanatics podcast. Our mission is to help condition dogs to reduce the risk of injury and increase longevity, whether that's in sporting dogs, working dogs or pet dogs. All dogs can benefit from a little extra fitness. So if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, share and leave a review to help us reach more people and help dogs around the world. Remember fitness fanatics, form is everything. Mm -hmm.